Well, good evening, everybody. It is Monday night when we are recording and welcome to State of the Republic podcast. And tonight, this is Sharon Anderson, your host for the evening. Luis may join us here at some point. He is on the East Coast, so he is currently on East Coast time. I'm joined tonight by Jared, our uh, Phoenix rep uh, correspondent. And Jared, how are you doing? I'm doing excellent. Uh, doing uh, a lot better compared to Saturday night, <laughs> given the the environment. Uh, maybe we'll explain later on. We'll see. But uh, you know, I still can't wait for this uh, Saturday's match. It's definitely a must-win situation over in Chandler. So definitely something to look forward to uh, this weekend. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing okay. I think my cat is in the room with me, so we may hear from her during the. Um, during tonight's podcast, and I am just so hoping that um, we eventually get joined by <laughs> Luis, who is still the backbone of this podcast, but being as how he's on East Coast time and his flight fiasco um, from yesterday to fly back to Miami was, um, or the wherever, Jacksonville, Florida, I think that's where he is. Literally, I think, Jared, the man had two hours of sleep, so I have a funny feeling I know what he's doing right this minute. Believe me, having gone through some airplane pains uh, in my time, I know the feeling. Yeah. So, uh, you know, give a little bit of a, a shout out to Luis and hope everything is, is okay. And we'll get a minute to um, to our to our game analysis, a little bit of our game analysis. And again, you know, tonight, uh, tonight's podcast of Sunday afternoon's matinee match May take a little while, or it might not. We'll we'll see. We'll see how we go, Jared. Um, but our in thinking back, this is going to take a little while. You named this particular segment um, "Golazos Golazos of Gratitude," right? That right. was what you had named it. So um, I don't know if we want to start off with. Oh, Luis is coming up. Okay, cool, cool, cool. No. Oh, <laughs> okay. So Luis, you can either edit this part out, you can throw it in the bloopers, but we just got a message from Luis basically confirming that I think he's sound asleep. <laughs> I don't blame him. I mean, especially with as little sleep as, he, as he's had and as much traveling as he's had to do. I mean, he definitely deserves the rest. So, yeah. Okay. So good, good stuff. Anyhow, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll start off this segment with the golazos of, of gratitude. And I've got several, I have several golazos of gratitude because Jared, I don't know if you're, if you're aware, but there was so much happening on Sunday because there was the kick for your season. There was the youth. Um, it was the youth day, you know, kids day at, at the Republic and, my sister brought a friend and I had other, it was like this amazing experience all rolled up into a tiny bit of time. And there are a lot of people that I would like to just give a little gratitude towards, but I want to kind of start with you. If you have, you know, anything, even a player or a situation or, or whatever from, you know, um, the weekend. And I know you probably want to give gratitude to a bunch of old people because on Saturday night, I think I know where you were. I know why you would think old people, but at any rate, I'll start with you. Well, kind of related to that, I do want to give a galazos of gratitude towards the uh, Waffle House location on 83rd Ave and McDowell here in Phoenix after the concert, because uh, they made for some great post-concert grub that I enjoyed half of it uh, when I got home and the other half the next morning. Uh, but uh, as far as uh, locally with, with the, the club, um, I definitely want to give a shout out to, to the, you know, to the club for at least putting up an effort uh, this uh, past Sunday for at least trying to find off, uh, you know, a formidable Tacoma uh, club. You know, unfortunately it was a bit of a push, but uh, I'm just grateful for, for, for all y'all's efforts, uh, especially uh, Duke LaCroix. That's, that's right. Num- number 14. That's right. Cause, cause I saw it with the speed he had on Sunday. I mean, it seemed like he was the uh, De'Aaron Fox of the Republic FC by how quick he was blazing down the field. So I appreciate and love his effort uh, this past Sunday. 
Yeah, he definitely is a workhorse. The man, the even live, we could tell how hard Duke was uh, was moving. You know, he was he was everywhere. He was covering because anytime the players went up, and we had several option opportunities for corner kicks and you know plays in the front of the goal, and he's one of the guys that covers back um, when the play is up at the up at the goal net and there's cover needed. He he drops in and basically cleans up the mess. So. I, you know, I really do. I understand your glaze of gratitude for Duke Lacroix. Um, and there'll be opportunities during the podcast when we talk about some of the plays um, and some of the missed opportunities, but some of the almost so close opportunities, we'll have a chance, um, you know, to kind of call out some of the the players that we thought were formidable, you know, the, you know, they were formidable. Um, there were some saves that Carlos made that were incredible, but I want to start with, Number one, Connor Sutton. Once again, he gets my golazo of gratitude. Um, and here's the deal. M- one of my really sweet friends, my really good friend, Brett has a fun son, Theo, <laughs> who was able to be the kids kid guest announcer for the Republic over the weekend on Sunday. And of course, I am not related to this kid, but because it kind of passed through me to get Theo involved, I was almost as nervous and anxious of the whole situation as his father was. <laughs> if uh, And I've never seen Brett, his father, get this anxious, but Connor just handled the whole situation like it was no big deal. He took Theo everywhere. Theo did a fabulous job. And just the fact that Theo was able to be treated like you know, dignity and, um, you know, like a royal family member it was just so fabulous. And Connor did a great job. The other person that kind of rose to the occasion to help the um, experience be, in, you know, enhanced, of course, you know, our ticketing folks are awesome. Um, and our, our sales folks are awesome. But Jessica Link, once again, hitting it out of the park yay. and making, yay, Jessica. I mean, <laughs> getting... <laughs> getting like a a drink coupon for the dad, which was like immensely needed. (laughs) She, she was, she understood what was at stake here. And I think because she has three kids, right? So I think Mm -hmm. she understands the whole situation. So when, when I introduced, reintroduced Brett to her, she was like, here, if you need it here, and we immediately marched over. (laughs) We marched over to the bar and I think he ended up getting a double. Um, but that that seemed to put, you know, everything into into perspective and and really made the day so sweet, even though we had like this great game. And my sister and I, we found a way to pay for and get our seats. And and she brought in somebody who'd never been to a game. Um, we were up on the stage and we were watching. We we're right behind the goal mouth and it it was a it was great you know the the folks who were working in that part the uh the people who the hospitality folks lisa she's incredible she was so kind to us and just wonderful she helped us out um making sure everything was good and we sat right next to kevin nagel so i want to give a Ooh. shout out yes i want to give a shout out to kevin nagel and he brought a friend of his and todd dunavik came by and everybody said hi and it was wonderful and at the time brett was sitting with us for a bit. And so everyone felt incredibly special. And just the fact that Kevin, you know, we let him, we, we didn't pay any attention to him because he was eating a lunch and he was, he was kibitzing with other people, but then there was an opportunity where he was like, Hey, Sharon, you know, how's it going? And cause he remembers me from years gone by and it was mm-hmm. delightful to just chat with him. And I want to give him a shout out for being so collegial and, you know, um, just a wonderful host and, you know, uh, just real great to, to chat with just lighthearted stuff going on and um, enjoying the game and meeting my family and meeting uh, Brett. And it was, it was a, it was a good experience overall. So Golazo's um, uh, you know, of gratitude showering upon the experience, which is exactly what you want, you know, for the families and the participants and, and fans. <laughs> and then and then afterwards, I don't know if you saw on their social media, there was a guy that was shooting for his season. There was a bunch of us. There was like a hundred of us that tried to shoot for our season tickets for next season. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, you could either win a VIP, you could win a VIP upgrade for, I think a game, or you could win 
um, I don't know, something else, or you could win your whole season. Your whole season would get, you know, paid for. One, nice. one guy, one guy only did it. And he was on social media and he's a Tower Bridge Battalion kind of guy. Um, and he made it. And I swear to God, we all, every one of us lit up. My, my kick was feeble. You would think that I had never played soccer before the way that I kicked the ball, but I don't care about that. That other guy, he nailed it. And I'm just so happy for him. And Oh, his ticket guy, I forget his name, literally like jumped into his arms or they jumped into each other's arms. <laughs> it was the sweetest celebration. So, you know, they really had, they did the right thing this this last Sunday by having the kids there. It packed the stands and the kids are loud, man. They cheer, you mm-hmm. know, it was, I don't know if you could hear it on your end, but it got, it got pretty loud. Um it- it did. I mean, I was actually able to hear that on the uh, the big screen as I was uh, streaming the game on my Xbox. Oh, so, I mean, perfect. De- definitely uh, great to hear the, the, the loudness come back to Heart Health Park. I mean, I know we've had like a couple games uh, later on towards the season. I mean, we we need that loudness every match and especially the uh, not this weekend, but ne- well, well, yes, this weekend uh, from home. But uh, also next weekend, which is the you know, the last uh, regular season match, which uh you know, I cannot wait to get to get there either. I mean, who knows? Maybe I might bump into uh, uh, Kevin uh, again. I mean, it's not the first time. I actually got a picture with them during the uh, the first uh, MLS rally at the end of the year. So who knows? Maybe I might bump into him uh, on the 30th. Oh, man, that would be fabulous. That would be really, really sweet if you could bump into him. That would be excellent. Um, oh, yeah. You know, he's he's a he's a good guy. And, I you know, I learned a couple things from him. You know, I I. And this is why I feel the golazo of, of gratitude towards him is, um, the, you know, there's they've spent a lot of money this season and they, literally millions yeah. and yeah. In, in loss. I mean, they're, it, it's not a, a make money venture this season because, you know, they're still recovering from last year of no fans. So this, mm-hmm. is, this has been a serious thing. And yet there's still, when you look at the number of staff that they have and you look at the number of, they still, they're still hitting it out of the park with, you know, sometimes you would think that they would shrink the staffing. No, they still have three or four people on ticket sales and they still have, they still have a ton of people working for the Sacramento Republic and they still have players, uh, you know, and yeah, that we need a, a little better product on the field so that, you know, they're, but at the end of the day, it, it, and they're just, it was just nice to hear his commitment, you know, um, big, yeah. big commitment. I really appreciated hearing his commitment. Yep. Okay. So, uh, golazos of gratitude behind us. It was a great Sunday, even though we tied. Now let's talk a little bit about that tie. So first let's kind of take a look at, um, a little bit of, of what we saw during the game. And, um, so in this clip, um, w- we did break free, um, we have, uh, uh, I think it was Cam- Kamawasa streaking, stre- streaking down the field. Um, and this is in, in the very beginning of the, of, the, of the game. And we almost got a goal right from the start. We had Cam who struck, uh, who was um, incredibly fleet down the side and almost struck, but there, the finish didn't occur. Now, one of the high points, you know, we had, it seemed like an awful lot of sharp shots um, um, had on target. And I think I just got ahead of us. You know, they, the highlights are. Yeah, as the stats had shown, uh, it was definitely, uh, there were opportunities, but uh, really for both sides, there were only two shots on goal, which to, to me seemed a little low because there were quite a few shots that, uh, just came within a couple feet, if not closer, to the goal to get into the net. I mean, had that those uh, shots been a little bit more on on target, we could have been looking at at least two one for this match, possibly. But uh, once again, just like as as has been the case for the past uh, several matches, so close yet so far away. Yes, um, you, you're correct on that, and. The interesting thing is that we had a lot of crosses in front of the goal that necessar- were not necessarily considered shots. 
there were crosses mm-hmm. in front of the goal. And I think the, um, because none of them were completed and none of them were, were finished, that's, the, I think, the part that left us hanging. Okay, we've got the cross in front of the goal down. Now we have to time the runs or time, you know, time the attack so that we can finish these. Um, because the guys were getting around the corner left and right. If it wasn't Shannon, it was Duke. If it wasn't Duke, it was. There, there was a lot of passes. In fact, I think we actually outpaced uh, them uh, by, I want to say about 100 or 200 passes uh, the total. I mean, we, we definitely had the passing advantage. We right. just need the advantage of actually getting it on uh, on shot w- with the goal. Yes, um, I agree. So the first half, it doesn't on the highlights. It didn't show very very much in the way of the highlights, and it did show that we had like massive numbers of minutes of added time. Um, but I know, and I'm trying to remember at what point if it, if it was the first half or the second half where um, I think it was the first half where their player got fouled and had to, um, he fouled us, but then had to leave the game because of the need ahead injury. And he got carted off the field. I don't know how much of that you saw. Um, yeah, I, I, I saw, I saw it all. I mean, it was, it was in the first half because it was almost to, to where stoppage time was getting ready to start. Uh, it was, um, I'm trying to remember the, the exact player, but, uh, the Tacoma uh, player that was affected. I mean, he tried to go in for it and then, he ended up catching a knee uh, to, to the face, or either to the face or the head. And uh, for the first time that I can uh, recall, that was the first time we've ever seen the, uh, the paramedic uh, cart actually go onto the field. Yeah, I mean, for- exactly. And that was uh, poor Shannon. Um, it was Shannon Gomez. And I know they're not going to show this in the USL highlights, so we'd have to pull mm-hmm. up the USL feed itself. But I do know that um, it was Shannon Gomez, and he was on the ground for a little while and was you know, pulled off the field, you know, our trainer went out to look for, look at Shannon. And then he went back, he went back in, Shannon went back in and continued to play. So that was, that had to have hurt, you know, and, and after the game, I noticed Shannon was a little gimpy, but nothing, a little ice couldn't, you know, he'll, he'll get his bag of ice on his, on his knee and he'll be fine. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I, I just hope the uh, the Tacoma player is doing better. I know that was definitely an impact. I mean, it, it's bad enough to take a, to take a, a soccer ball to the face. Just ask Dan Casey, but to take a full on knee to that to, to that region. I mean, the yeah. head's a very very sensitive uh, area, but to take a, a full grown knee to there, that's going to be a lot of trauma. That's that's really going to you know affect you that down the road. So I, I'm just hoping that Tacoma player is uh, doing better today. Right now. So let's talk about the starting the starting lineup. You know that um, um, Hayden Sargis was not in. Um, we know that for a fact. Hayden Sargis did not start, um, and in his place was Navi. Now there's some chit chat that there the chemistry with the players that are loaned to us. Um, you know that there's issues around chemistry. I don't know how much to believe on that because it didn't look that way when they were playing on the field. I mean, it looked perfectly fine. uh, Dan, it was funny because Nabi made one defensive error in the very beginning, but he ended up making up for it because of a last man legs or Carlos saved his bacon. I forget how that one worked out, but there was Mm -hmm. a a play early in the game. But the first thing you always do when a, when a player has made a big, you know, like an error is you give them the ball back. So they get, you know, confident. And Dan Casey being the consummate, like smart defender, you know, he was in possession of the ball out of the back and immediately passed right to Nabi as though saying, I trust you still, here's the ball, let's go, let's build up the play. And I thought that was great. And then there was a couple little moments of give and go and Nabi got the ball back. So, you know, it was almost like, hey, dude, you're fine, you're fine. And so had there been issues, um, and I don't know who, you know, there was some chatter on social media about issues going on. And I would only imagine that, so Nabi used to be um, an academy player and people are saying, oh, bring up the academy guys before you bring in the loaned players. And I'm thinking to myself, well, wait a minute, Nabi is an academy guy. So who are they talking about? We only have two players on loan, three actually, but we kind of want to keep Cuello, you know, because it was that transfer, that little exchange. I want to keep him. And so I don't know if, yeah, exactly. And I don't know if, if that's a, if it's that situation or um, 
it's like, who are they talking about? Who are the, who are these people that think they have the inside scoop? Are they talking about Hayden feeling a little uh, slighted because Nabi is starting, but Nabi went to the academy, you know, just like Hayden did. So I, I don't understand it. But then Hayden and Nabi had a chance as the young kids on the block to take over when Dan Casey had to go out. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like we can, we can't talk about goals at this point because there were none. Um, you know, we can talk about brilliant saves and, you know, we can talk about almosts and has-beens. But I mean, what did you think about when Hayden and Nabi were together? playing the center backs. What did you think? Well, I mean, I, I definitely could, could see that Hayden had like a little uh, trepidation uh, given the fact that he's, he was, like you said, a little bit, a little bit slighted, but you know, the, this is stuff that you have to get used to when you move up to, to the senior team, you know, it, it's not going to be all about you. I mean, but if, if you put out the work ethic, if you put in the plays then then yeah, I mean, you, you'll definitely get some attention your way, but you know, Right now, this late in the season, I mean, the playoffs are, are at a question mark. You, you got to put in all your efforts and and not worry about, oh, well, they, if he's getting more minutes than I am. I mean, you need to put in the work. That's what this club is for. You either put in the work or you go down to USL League One or two. Right. And, you know, and, and I, I agree. I mean, everybody's grooming themselves for something and, you know, yeah, you just got to put in the work. And I don't think there's a slight any, at any point, you know, I, I think Nabi, when, when you're playing against this young squad and that big tall number, what was he? 98. I don't remember his name on, on Tacoma. I think so. Yeah. You, you need us, you need us, you need speed against that guy and you need somebody who will, um, elasta leg around him because he's kind of unpredictable and he gets loose. I mean, he's a very smart striker on Tacoma and when he gets loose, he's dangerous. And so I think bringing Nabi in, you know, for that mark was a smart thing, but then, but then they figured out that if they put uh, the 98 down on Shannon's side, our right side, their left side, they were like the height difference was pretty remarkable. And so it it was really important that Dan and the B pick up, you know, if the 98 got past Shannon, cause all he, he was kind of bigger and he could push him off. Um, yeah. but Shannon's a, you know, Shannon's a fighter. He'll, he'll come around on speed. He'll get, he'll get you on speed and you know, that little toe toe poke to try to get the ball away from you. So yeah. So yep. he did good. He did good. I noticed that, uh, Jaime Villarreal did a good job. You know, he was back in the mix um, start in the starting lineup. And, and that was a refreshing thing to see. Same with Kamawasa and, uh, and having Luis Felipe again, Mr. I see the play before anybody else guy. I mean, he really does see the play fast. Um, so anyhow, we just, we just reviewed a, a play that was almost a goal against us, but Carlos, uh, saved, saved the, saved the, the saved the day. And then Dan Casey also saved the second shot that ricocheted, and Carlton Vilmer saved another one. And then the 98 tried to take a shot on us in the uh, 68th minute. Didn't, didn't happen. Actually, it was before that. So um, this was a sitter. We're going to, we're watching right now in the 68th minute that Belmar actually had a free, a free goal, a free open net and missed it just by inches. Um, and it, it was, uh, it could have mm. been, it could have been the game winner for us. Um, but it, it just didn't. It just didn't happen. And another play that we had, we just saw. <laughs> um, so sorry, I, I have to stop that. I have to pause that one. We saw, we've seen two plays right now where Nabi has come in handy, and so has Duke Lacroix. <laughs> so, what what was your thought on a couple of those saves that we just made? Uh, I'm definitely glad that we we've invested in uh, in Carlos. Uh, I mean, he's definitely been been a great uh, goalkeeper. Uh, and in lieu of uh, Rafi being uh, uh, between the pipes, he's he's definitely had a great saves, especially lit, probably later on. We'll see in the highlights what's possibly the save of the game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, I'm, I'm definitely high on Saldana uh, so far. I mean, I kind of wish we were able to get him earlier on in the season uh, ra- rather than uh, Tomas. And, you know, Tomas, he's had some – points and you know, some high points in the season but really I mean we would we needed someone like Saldana earlier on in the season I, I have to say it 
I have to agree with you. Um, he just has a he has a different command of the of the and I don't know if it's his youth. I mean, he's not super young. He's not like he's twenty, um, but he has a um, an interesting command of the goal mouth, and it's kind of nice to see his height um, and his punch saves. He he hasn't yet. One of them he kind of did where he punched it right back into traffic, and he could have gotten um, penal not penalized, but paid paid the price for that when he punched it back into traffic, but then we had defenders covering for him. Um, but typically his punches are really strong and they're, they're away. He'll punch the ball either away out of bounds or away off to the side where it's less dangerous. So yeah, those are good. And then our field saves have been really remarkable in this match. You know, we had to make a lot of field saves. So field players had to make saves as well. Um, uh, Duke came up with a brilliant save last minute. You know, a player crossed the ball in front of the goal. Nabi did a good job trying to keep him, you know, fended off. And then the player ended up getting a, a cross squeaking through. And that's when um, that's when Duke came in and did a, um, a field save right here on this play. Um, so this was, let's see here, what minute are we in? This was earlier in the match. Um, you'll see the player, the 98, gets the ball across. But if it wasn't for this distraction caused by Duke, I don't think we would be in, in a tie ball game. So, and then in the 86th minute, it looks like we had an opportunity. And this was coming right down the gut, right down in front of all of us. Um, you've got the right framing of the goal. The ball drops perfectly for Emil Cuello. Um, he takes a little bit of extra time. We've got a ball. We, <laughs> we have a player crashing, crashing the box. We've had a few knockdowns, rebounds. Thank goodness both Derek and Cam kept their head in the game on that play um, because, you know, this very well, that play in the 86th minute could have ended up as a, as a goal, but it didn't, you know. Um, but I will say Mukweo, he does see the game really well. We just wanted to see more shooting. I mean, he had some shots but would have loved to see mm -hmm. more shooting. Yeah, absolutely. And Cuello has definitely proven to be an asset as far as uh, the uh, transaction goes. He's definitely put in uh, opportunities, uh, sped up where, where he needed to. So I, re I really do hope we get to keep him because we could use uh, more of his moves, more of his uh, attacks uh, that he's been giving uh, this year so far. So, I'm hoping we, we keep them on for next year because we, we definitely could use them. Yeah. And again, that was the 86th minute where we saw the ball come nicely down right in front of him. And this is after they subbed Juju on. So that was kind of interesting. Um, bringing in the young kids really wished he could have gotten a hold of it and scored a miracle for us, but he, he wasn't able to. Um, Tacoma kind of has our number. And I think you wrote that. Um, in the when we were chatting on Sunday, I think you were writing something that Tacoma seems to have our number defensively, or maybe I'd heard it. Who knows? But it, it seems like they they know how to play against us, and you know they still have a lot of young kids playing for them. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, which helps them, you know, with speed and recovery and that sort of stuff. But anyhow, so we're going to move forward here in the very final minutes of the game. Um, after after that attempt. So in the 90th minute, um, Tacoma was awarded a free kick. I think that was when Luis Felipe had a yellow card on him. And that was where Carlos saved our bacon. Um, <laughs> and what a save that was, if in fact he got his hands on it, unless it was they had, you know, they got the, they got the pull. Nope, that's a Carlos save. Um, amazing, because he also hit the pole at the same time. Um, and I think that's what you were talking about. Yes, that that was the save that that uh, could easily been the save of the game. I mean, we, if 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 Carlos had, hadn't been uh, on the spot for that, that easily could have uh, won it for Tacoma in the and literally the last minute of, of regular time. But thankfully, he came through, saved saved our bacon, and then we at least get the points. I mean, would have been nice to have three points, but at this point, even one will do. But this is the last game. Now we can even hope for that. These next two matches are win or else uh, status. Yep. Win or else because LA ended up beating <laughs> El Paso, which was a shocker because Luis kept saying El Paso has something to play for. They they're, they need 
you know, to continue to have home field advantage against the teams from the other conferences. So they're going to want to win. And then they didn't. And they let LA just walk all over them. So let's watch this last play of the game. This is in the final waning moments. You know, this is the 94th minute. Um, we have players going down and they blew the whistle. So that was it. Um, we, we didn't win. Um, so unfortunate for us. But it, we also didn't lose. That's true. I mean, yes, we still have to look at the positive of this. But uh, given the fact that uh, we couldn't get three points and L.A. decided to show up against uh, El Paso, that makes things more difficult for us. Because now, I mean, we are uh, at uh, sixth place. We're at uh, 34 points. So we're in a three-way tie for the, the, fit, the fifth spot. I mean, we have to hope that, one, we win this Saturday against uh, Phoenix Rising FC and the next week against San Diego. And then second of all, we have to hope L.A. loses all their remaining matches, which, to be honest, I really don't think is going to happen. And then I believe Oakland and Tacoma, I believe they have a match remaining, so we kind of have to hope for a draw for them. Yeah. And we also – we also have uh, Tacoma uh, playing against LA Galaxy. I think I'll I'll have to double check that. But I know there's a yeah. match against LA. I'll pull that up here in a second. Can you still see my screen? Because I'm I've got mm-hmm. the standing showing. So so yep. you're right. The games in hand were were one game ahead of um, everyone except for Phoenix and Las Vegas were equal in games. Thirty games played. Um, whereas everybody else only has 29 games played, which is what you were talking about. Those other teams all have a game in hand. So if if all these other teams that are currently tied for um, fifth, almost not quite fourth, but fifth, you know, if if history does it. So let me look and see. You said you think Tacoma plays L.A.? L.A. Galaxy, Let's I take believe. A look at that. So you are correct. They play mm. Sunday the 24th, so the day after we play the 23rd, the, the match in Phoenix, the day after we need to be watching the television because it looks like they play the Galaxy, and either way, it's a, it, it's a sinking feeling. And then, of course, on, on the last uh, day of the season, the Saturday, October 30th, we really hope Phoenix is Phoenix and can beat Tacoma. But this situation on uh, the 24th, I mean, the best we can hope for is a tie, right? And same thing with Wednesday, October 20th, when they play the Roots. We hope for a tie and no clear winner because of the Roots status and our status and Tacoma's status and everybody's status. It's like we just need them to be doing ties and all of us just be winning, right? That's the best we can hope for. I mean, I want to be optimistic and – and really believe that'll happen, but I've got to be realistic. I mean, LA, LA Galaxy, I mean, we don't know which team's going to show up. And, and <laughs> I know. And, and I think that might be a topic for for one of our well-running well, uh, well uh, uh, subjects here, uh, which we'll probably get into later on. Yes. Um, but, yeah. yeah, but, let's, but I think we can probably uh, – continue on with the uh, the stats or anything else we have about this match or our next matches. Right. And since we only have two games left, if we win them and we get six points, we're at 40 points total for the season. But, you know, if you look at LA Galaxy, they have to, oh. They have to lose all of the matches or yeah. or, or draw only one. But then again, if we draw against LA Galaxy, I believe. Um, no, if yeah, if we're tied with LA Galaxy, they're ahead of us on um, on head to head. Yeah, so yeah. we have to have oh. them lose all all the matches. Uh, but then we also have to hope that Tacoma doesn't win all the rest of theirs because they've got one more match to play than we do, and we have to hope that they the best that they do is beat LA and tie the rep, the other two, so that they only earn five points, which would put them at thirty nine. 
So this is like a lot of math. And this is like, Luis hates mm-hmm. this part. No, Luis loves this part. I hate, I don't mind math, but the, all the permutations suck. So we want, yeah, yeah we want Oakland Roots to tie the remainder of their matches because that's what we want them to do. We want Tacoma to beat LA and then tie their remaining. We want us to win our last two and LA Galaxy to lose everything. Okay. All right. So we're square. We know yeah. we know what everybody needs to do. We need to put that out to the universe because um, there's no way we're going to catch Orange County or any of the other ones, you know. So exactly. let's just... <laughs> Oh, well, I'll tell you what, you know, we need to organize. So hang on. I have to get the cat. Um, um, (laughs) We need to, we need to organize a send off on Friday, this Friday, we need to organize a, a send off um, as the guys are boarding the plane or not boarding the plane, but, you know, leaving on the bus or something, we need to organize a, a send off and then a welcome home because at the end of the day, this Saturday's match, Friday may be the last time we see them happy because after that, if this Saturday they lose and we greet them back, that's it. They're done. They're eliminated. The big E will show up if they lose against Phoenix. So yeah. the E will show up next to our name as well um, because that's it. There's no mathematical way we could ever win. Uh, it's so hard to say that. It's so hard to say that. And I know a lot of people are, I mean, okay. Sports are cruel. There's always a winner and a loser, right? It's, it's Mm -hmm. a, it's a cruel world in the world of sports, but it not to minimize the season, but you know, we're, we didn't do well. This wasn't our season. No, no. So. I mean, we, even 2020, we eked by and got into the playoffs. But this year, so we, it, it, it was it was a hot mess. I mean, to, to put it bluntly. Yeah. I mean, we, we had all the, the games that we should have won. We ended up tying, uh, or or losing. I mean, this this is, this is going to be a weird November. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll, actually, I'll actually have to focus on the Kings now in, in November. Oh my goodness. I may have to watch regular football, but of course I'll be watching English, English Premier League. Finally, I'll have a chance to enjoy EPL because, you know, when we do these podcasts and we watch the games, you know, sometimes we rewatch the games, which I didn't do. I didn't, you know, rewatch to, uh, this last weekend's game. I was so caught up in the moment. Um, so we'll have more time to do other things. But but what Luis has in store for us is a lot more, um, maybe a couple more live shows and things that are fun, you know, if if not interviews, um, we've got some special things up our sleeve that I think there may be an interview on Sunday. And I think we're looking to do it at 10 a.m. our time, I think, um, this Sunday. So stay tuned. It's not going to be a live show, but Jared, I just want to kind of give you a heads up. There's a reason for a 10 a.m. Um, so... I think we're going to line up some either really good interviews or um, some more, not games, but yes, maybe we'll get around to Jeopardy three. Um, and we may use this last season's statistics and, you know, information as fuel for our fire. And we never did solve the unsolved mystery of Fatai Alashe, whatever happened to him. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. So maybe we can put that in Jeopardy. It's like, whatever happened to Fatai? So anywho, um, what else do you have for uh, for the game that we just had? You know, I said it was like kissing your own hand when you ended yeah. a tie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it pretty much is. I mean, especially with how strong uh, Tacoma has been this uh, season. I mean, they really uh, surprised me this year. I mean, last year they uh, them along with uh, Portland. I mean, they formed the uh, the uh, the terrible Northwest. I mean, and not because they were fierce, but because of their standings. But now look at Tacoma; they're playing the spoiler. I mean, they they ha- like I said, they have our number defensive wise. I mean, they were you know matching us as we can, but. We've, I mean, the best we can do is we can have to hope that we can somehow outsmart Phoenix, maybe hope they're only going to put their second string, but uh, this match, 
Yeah, it was uh, definitely a rough one. I mean, yeah, it was a rough one. You know, I the guys didn't seem too dejected. I know they all wanted to win. Um, I mean, I didn't see a hundred percent, but you know, some of them still remain positive because you know, tomorrow the sun will also shine. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so looking at at you know just how many teams are going to get plucked away next year because of MLS two, was this the subject you wanted to talk about was MLS two or was it the fact that we might not make playoffs? I don't remember. You said, well, well, the, the, uh, the part I was going to talk about as far as the uh, USL and solved mysteries was, it was actually going to be something different, but, uh, but you know what that is? That is a good topic. Oh, hang on to that then hang on to that because um, one of the things is, you know, we'll be losing, We'll be losing some teams, right? Right. Yes. And that, and we'll be gaining some teams. We'll be gaining Monterey. By the way, oh my goodness, I forgot to give this shout out. Holy smokes. Can we go back to uh, uh, Golazos of Gratitude? (laughs) (laughs) Luis, play that little rewind sound when you get this for editing. Don't even, don't move it in the segment. Frankie Yallop recognized me. Wow. What? Yes. Frankie Yallop was the coach of Monterey, Monterey Bay, whatever they're called. Yes. Monterey Bay FC or I. Monterey Monterey Bay Union FC. Monterey Bay Union FC. Right. And it was so awesome. I went by, I mean, as I kept looking over at the corner and I see all these guys and they all, and gals, and they all have the patch on this matching patch. It's like, I don't recognize the patch, but I recognize Frankie Yallop. And then it dawned on me, oh yeah, Frankie Yallop's the coach for, um, and nobody calls him Frank. Everybody calls him Frankie, right? I don't know why. So I'm trying to explain to everybody at my table who Frankie Yallop is, that he's actually done a stint pretty much everywhere. You know, he's that, He's that guy that, oh, yeah, Frank's available. Let's get him. <laughs> you know, yeah, he, <laughs> he coached here in Phoenix as well for a short while. Yeah, he's been everywhere. He coached San Jose. He's he's coached up in Canada. Um, he did a little stint as a Canadian national team coach, I believe. And then he didn't. And uh, so, you know, he's kind of he's going to been all over. And it's just it's it's fun. He's kind of like that recycled coach. He's actually decent. You know, he's a good he's a good coach. He's oh, a good, yeah. He's a good people person. And the only reason why I say he's a good people person is he remembered me from days gone by and he comes up and he gives me this big old hug and it's like, Hey, Oh my God, Frank. And then I whispered into his ear. I said, give us some help. Tell us what some of our pointers need to be. And I didn't mean that in a mean spirited way, you know, against our own coach or against our own, but it's like, help tell us tell us what we can work on when you see what we, what you see here and you know i doubt he's going to give us much in the way of that because he's got his oh, own yeah he's got his own situation to run down in monterey eventually and he's going to be an opponent but yeah but once we clear the plate and we get rid of all these two teams you know like galaxy two is going to be gone tacoma is going to be gone it's going to be a more like we've always talked we'll have more of a pure usl league will it'll be a pure league so we won't have the two teams we still will have loaned players because of course those things will occur and that's okay but it won't be like they can sub an entire squad like they did um oh gosh who was it that did that real monarchs um when they subbed and they put in pretty much all of salt lake um onto the team it's like hey we wanted to play the monarchs we didn't want to play real salt lake so anyhow um but if we can keep the lights FC and maybe play most of our matches against them, I, I, <laughs> I'm not going to complain. I feel sorry for Steve Chirundolo. I like the guy, um, but he's, he's, he's had misfortune of, you know, I don't know what the product was. I don't know what their spending limit was or anything like that. Why, why they couldn't kind of get it started, but you're right. I agree. If, if we could keep the lights and just play them all the time, <sighs> that would be dandy, but. They did play spoiler in a couple of situations. I mean, come on. They did end yeah. up with 21 points. So they did, you know, they had six wins. That's not bad. Um, yeah. We only had eight. I mean, we should technically be the bottom dweller because there are teams that have more wins than we do. It's just we have a bazillion. Joseph A. Banks ties in our closet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we lead the league in ties. We've got 10. We've got 10. 
how many suits do you need to have that many ties? Or how many different shirts do you need to have for 10 ties? Between the ties and the yellow cards we have, we could easily make ourselves the uh, Mr. Yellow Man costume from the Curious George books. (laughs) Oh, good one, Jared. This is a good visual meme. Again, you give the best visual memes. Okay. Well, are we close to the time where we do our segment of unsolved mysteries? Because we've kind of broken down pretty much everything we can break down. Yeah, I mean, I would say this would be a good time for for this week's uh, USL Unsolved Mysteries. Hit it, Jared. Now, as we've seen uh, yesterday, the LA Galaxy 2 ended up shocking El Paso, who is basically the Mountain Division leading team, by a score of 5-0. Whereas we've taken them on, we recently tied against this very same LA Galaxy 2. Now, looking at the standings, they currently do occupy the fourth and final uh, spot for the playoffs uh, for the USL Championship uh, playoffs this year. But any time the LA Galaxy takes the field, we don't know which team is going to show up. The one, the same club that, of course, beat El Paso 5 nothing. And a week or so ago, beat Phoenix Rising FC 3-0. Which team's going to show up? I mean, we need the the LA Galaxy that's going to end up getting blown out. We need them for the next three matches. And then also for, like we mentioned, for Oakland and Tacoma to maybe tie some of their matches or the majority of their matches and LA Galaxy to lose. But this has been a case that has been astounding me. I mean, first it was Phoenix... Then it was Orange County, and possibly to close out the regular season, it's LA Galaxy 2. What is with these teams, especially Galaxy 2's flip-flop results? They can either smash the high at higher-ranking teams, or they can tie or get blown up by the lesser teams. So I, I guess given the fact that we're so close to Halloween, it seems like LA Galaxy 2 are the Jekyll and Hyde of the Pacific Division. Well said, Jared. Well said. So you're right. That is an unsolved mystery of who is it that shows up when LA Galaxy walks in the door. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of like, oh, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to paint a different picture. It's kind of like <laughs> coming home from work and your dog is waiting on the other side and you're coming home from work and the dog is like, I'm going to be so happy to see you. And then it's like, you open the door and the dog is like, oh, I think I'm going to, I got to go outside. Because <laughs> you know? they take one look at you and either they like you or they don't, you know, they're going to smell uh, whatever. But I don't know. People are probably so much better now, but you're right. LA galaxy two. Who, who are you? Who are you? Are you actors? I mean, it is Los Angeles, although it is not really Los Angeles. It's Carson. So whatever. It's, it's Los Angeles-ish. <laughs> That's true. Oh, interesting. Very good. Well, we've missed Luis on this podcast. We've missed Crash on this podcast. Someday we'll get Michael Woods back in here. And, uh, and Danny, Troy, I mean, it would be lovely to have him on. Um, but I will say, for anybody who's listening to the podcast, anybody who listens to our podcast, we really appreciate the fact that you do. And you ever, if you ever have something you want us to bring up or chat about, um, you know, let us know. Or if you feel brave and you want to be a chatterbox with us, let us know. We'll bring you in as a, you know, as a guest and we'll, we'll talk you up. Uh, we're hoping to secure more interviews down the road and have an exciting uh, off season. I mean, it's a little ways out there. We still have a couple more matches to play. So we'll do the analysis of that. And I don't know if uh, Luis is going to be able to pull off the um, live show uh, this coming Friday. I don't know that we're going to do a live. So we may have to wait until the following Friday, the 29th um, before we do a live, but look for us, um, follow us on social media, get your stickers. We love handing out the stickers. Jared, what else would you have to add? If anyone else is making the trip this Saturday, uh, coming down to Chandler for the last road match, let us know. Uh, if you need tickets, uh, I 
do have a uh, account manager with uh, Phoenix Rising FC that perhaps their uh, their tickets are still good. Tickets as low as $27 and $20, depending on the location. Uh, Section 207, uh, unfortunately, is not part of this uh, promo code, but I believe there may still be tickets for Section 107, which is one lower. But if you're going to be in the Phoenix area this weekend, let me know. Uh, Probably going to run out of stickers, but uh, still say hi. We'll we'll cheer on the Republic FC together. Hopefully we'll make some louder noise than the uh, Firebird uh, Sports Park uh, next door. So, yeah, I think uh, the last time we we were all wondering what all the noise was, the last uh, match where we were in Phoenix or we were watching, it was like, what is all that? What is that noise? And it was just crazy and didn't realize that the racetrack, uh, you know, that they were, it was right there. It It was interesting. We thought it was people peeling out up and down the road but there's actually a, a track there right yes there is uh, in close proximity uh, firebird automotive park uh, oh. or i'm not sure the actual name but but yeah they had drag races and and you could obviously hear and see and kind of smell the other uh, results uh <laughs> walking over to the to the, to the stadium Oh my goodness gracious. So if anybody is going down there Jared at the stadium what is the food that you recommend at the stadium there? Uh, the uh, carne asada fries were, weren't, weren't that bad. I mean, I, I did have better when I was waiting for the pub to pitch shuttle in downtown Phoenix, but, uh, you know, for stadiums, uh, carne asada fries aren't that bad. Uh, there's also uh, burgers, uh, pizza, and diff- different types of other food there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely uh, some decent uh, food out there. Um, prices have gotten a little better. I mean, but, uh, still, but still definitely bring your uh, debit card or touchless pay, uh, just in case. And maybe if you need to try to make up some of it, there's always the casino next door. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Excellent. Well, good. And so Jared will be the host this weekend. If you need to get in touch with anybody, it, unless the Tower Bridge Battalion is, is sending a batch of folks down there, you know, it's like just stay in touch one way or to other, you know, all together so that um, people can can be with each other for this match coming up this Saturday. Um, so on that note, thanks everybody for listening uh, to Stay the Republic podcast. You can find us on all the social media channels um, and drop us a note anytime and happy that you're listening. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll see you on Saturday. Okay, thank you, Jared. Uh, So in the background, what I'm doing is I'm trying to be Luis, and I'm not that good (laughs) Um, at at being Luis in the background. So you guys are going to have to um, bear with me as I try to pull up different things uh, that Jared and I can talk about. Because like I said, I am not, um, I am not, I am not Luis. Well, to be fair, there's only one Luis, but uh, given the uh, the circumstance, I mean, you're, uh, Sharon, you're doing an excellent job of uh, steering the, the ship in the right direction, so... There we I go. Mean, Thank, you. The- <laughs> Thank you. Uh-oh, did I just cut out? <laughs> but, uh... No, 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 I heard you. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, the one thing that I'm not pulling up, and I wish Google would um, hurry up and work for me, but I may, I may end up doing it elsewise. Um, sorry, my mind's a, a little bit of a, a standstill right now. What position? Uh, you know, okay, I, I'm sorry, I'm getting it. Um, if if they end up winning, it's okay. Um, if they end if if they end up, my cat's not happy with the standings right now, right? Nobody is watching. We really appreciate uh, watching, listening. Oh my goodness, that's right. Oh, someone's calling you. Oh, I can hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to uh, message to them. And, and, oh. Well, no, not not necessarily.